It's 100 years this week since one of the most famous and spectacular archaeological discoveries of all time, the intact tomb of Tutankhamun. On the 4th of November 1922 in the Valley of the Kings, a 12-year-old Egyptian boy, Hussein Abdel Rasul, found a stone step that led to the tomb on a site the British archaeologist Howard Carter had been exploring for many years. Here's Howard Carter describing the moment after three painstaking weeks of excavations that he first glimpsed Tutankhamun's sarcophagus. I carefully cut the cord, removed the precious seal, drew back the bolts and opened the door. A gasp of wonderment escaped our lips. So gorgeous was the sight that met our eyes. A golden effigy of the young king of magnificent workmanship filled the whole of the interior. The centenary of that discovery is being marked in Egypt at a conference called Transcending Eternity. And the keynote address about Egypt's most famous pharaoh was given by Egypt's most famous archaeologist, Dr Zahi Hawass, who for many years served as Egypt's Minister of State for Antiquities Affairs. Dr Zahi is personally responsible for important discoveries about Tutankhamun and is the author of the book Discovering Tutankhamun from Howard Carter to DNA. He's also recently written an opera about Tutankhamun to mark the centenary. And I was very pleased to speak to Dr Zahi from Luxor earlier. Dr Hawass, what was known about Tutankhamun when his tomb was discovered a century ago and how much more is known about him now? You know, the discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun is the most important discovery in the whole world. Nothing like that. It's 5,398 objects found by Howard Carter uh, on November 4th, 1922. He stayed about 10 years excavating the tombs. And actually, after the discovery, I was able to reveal many secrets about Tutankhamun. For example, I used CT scan to find out how Tutankhamun died. I found out that Tutankhamun was not murdered, but I found out he had an accident two days before he died. And this is why I feel now that he actually uh, died in an accident. In about two or three months from now, we're working to find out if he had infection or not. Means soon, I will announce to the whole world how Tutankhamun actually died. The other important thing that I did is actually to find out through DNA, his family, yes. who's the father of Tutankhamun. I found out that the father was Eknaton. The elder lady in TV 35 was Queen T. I found the mother of, of Tutankhamun. And now I'm searching for the mummy of Queen Nefertiti and the mummy of Arch Esenamun, the wife of Tutankhamun. And what do we know about the health of Tutankhamun during his life? We really, through the discovery of the tomb, we can know about uh, what kind of clothing he had about the toys that he liked, about the diet that he had. We can also know about the religious belief of the ancient Egyptian. Actually, the discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun enriched our knowledge about ancient Egypt because it is the only intact tomb found in the Valley of the Kings. And does it shed light on the circumstances of Tutankhamun's burial? 
Of course it does, because the mummy was found. And through the mummy, you can understand how he, how he was mummified through the seeds of the tomb. We know that when he died, they mummify him in 70 days. And after that, they drag him in the tomb. Inside the tomb, you have the eye who came to the throne after Tutankhamun is really showing in the tomb. Then he can show that he has the right to rule Egypt after Tutankhamun. Then actually through the artifacts, we can also understand many things about the religious belief of the ancient Egyptian on that time. And indeed, you mentioned there was over 5,000 artefacts uh, discovered in the tomb. Could you run us through some of the extraordinary inventory that was discovered? Actually, I can tell you the first about the golden mask. The golden mask is the most beautiful. It's a masterpiece of art. It shows the face of Tutankhamun, actually protected by the cobra and the voucher. And really, it's unique. It's a masterpiece that nothing like this can happen at all. In the same time, my favorite piece in all the tombs are the throne, because it shows the queen, Anchis Enamun, leaning on the shoulder of Tutankhamun with love and affection. And she, in the other hand, she's holding a vessel made of silver, full of perfume. And the most important love between the king and the queen is actually they're wearing one sandal. One for Tutankhamun and one for her to show the love between the two couples. Mm. We have also the mannequin, a beautiful piece that Tutankhamun clothing was hanged on that. We have beautiful artifacts, actually, and all these artifacts will be shown in the Grand Museum that I built in 2002, that we are going to open the Grand Museum maybe at the beginning of next year, and all Tutankhamun artifacts will be shown in the Grand Museum. Could you describe for us a little bit more the scale of the Grand Egyptian Museum and some of the challenges of bringing that long-term project to fruition in a couple of years' time? The Grand Museum is the largest museum in the world. When you enter, you'll find a statue of Ramses II uh, to welcome everyone. And also a, a staircase has the statues of all the kings and the queens. Two large galleries contain all the artifacts of Tutankhamun. Three big galleries contain 60,000 artifacts, a children's museum, over 20 restaurants, uh, a museum for boats, the boats that found next door to the Great Pyramid. This museum, there is nothing like it. It's unique. And therefore, we are hoping that this museum will be opened at the beginning of next year. And I'm really proud that I'm the one who who built this museum. On Sunday Extra, we are speaking with Egypt's most famous archaeologist, Dr. Zahi Hawass, about Egypt's most famous pharaoh uh, and on the centenary of the discovery of his tomb. Uh, Dr. Zahi, uh, you gave the keynote address at the centenary conference to mark uh, Howard Carter's finding, the Transcending Eternity Conference. What was the main theme of your address? You know, I think the most important thing that I'm the only archaeologist who worked in the Valley of the Kings since 2007 until today. And I found two tombs, but the tombs is not really found intact. In the Valley of the Kings now have 66 tombs. I talked about my work 
inside the tomb of Seti I found a tunnel 174 meters long. And also the discovery of the golden city that most of the artifacts of Tutankhamun was made on my city, actually. This is the largest city ever found. It's still us about the life of the artisans who decorated and made the beautiful artifacts for the tomb of Tutankhamun. I found many workshops in my city, workshop for jewelry, workshop for making sandals, clothing, statues, mud brick. It's really amazing discovery that every, the 1,000 people who came to my lecture last night, it, that was really amazing to talk about uh, this golden city and talk about the city scan of Tutankhamun and the DNA that I made also at the excavation that I did in the Valley of the Kings. And as well as delivering lectures, writing books, making documentaries about Tutankhamun, I believe you've also written an opera about him. Is that right, Dr. Zahi? I did. And the good news that opera Tutankhamun will be performed on March 3rd and March 4th in front of the temple of Queen Hatshepsut at Deir el-Bahri. I hope that people from Australia can come to witness the magic of the opera that I wrote. For the first time, I wrote drama. Yes, could you tell us a little bit about this new foray into uh, the world of music and drama and uh, where the music comes from? Did you write the music as well, Dr. Zahi? The, the music is made by a, a young uh, uh, Italian. His name is Lino Zamboni. And the singers mostly are coming from, from Italy and two from Egypt. And the, it's really kind of a beautiful music. It shows how Tutankhamun, when he was born, some people tried to kill him, a priest of Amun, but Horumheb, the army commander, saved him. And when he went to take revenge from this country in the south, and he came with victory, the music is really amazing. I invite people to come to witness this great opera that will be performed in this coming march. One of the striking things about Tutankhamun is how large he looms now in the popular imagination about Egyptian pharaohs. Compared to the brevity of his reign, what do you think explains that, Dr. Zahi? You know, the magic, the magic of the discovery, the drama that happened when Howard Carter used to stop Egyptians of visiting the tomb and the minister of, of antiquities at that time dismissed him out of Egypt and told him, if you want to come back, you have to apologize and also to write that you have no right for the division. And actually, the Egyptian government gave Evelyn, the daughter of, the, uh, uh, of Lord Carnavon, the 36,000 that he spent in discovering the tomb. If you ask a child on the age of eight in Australia and you tell him Egypt, he will tell you Tutankhamun, <laughs> the golden boy. Indeed, I can, I can confirm that because I asked a 10-year-old boy in Australia that very question last night, and indeed <laughs> he knew it. Uh, Dr Zahi, uh, after th over 3,000 years in the tomb undisturbed, how have the contents of Tutankhamun's tomb fared since they became accessible again to people after Howard Carter's discovery in 1922? Yes, it's really amazing. Now, if you people can come to the tomb now, they can see actually uh, the mummy for the first time that I moved the mummy from the sarcophagus. I went yesterday or the day before, I think last night, yesterday, I went actually 
in front of the tomb of Tutankhamun Khamun celebrated with 1,000 tourists all over. All of them was really talking about Tutankhamun. This golden boy is amazing. Tutankhamun captured the hearts of people everywhere. And this boy, after 100 years, is still the thrill and the magic of Tutankhamun is really amazing. Mm. Have many of the contents of the tomb been either stolen or damaged? I really believe that Lord Carnavon and Howard Carter took many objects illegally from the tomb. And this is the only bad thing that they did. Because Lord Carnavon wanted to have a division, 50% of the discovery. But the law in that time say, if the tomb was found completely intact, the discoverer has no right to take anything out of Egypt. When Lord Carnavon found that he will have nothing, he began to steal artifacts from the tomb, he and Howard Carter. And I think Guardian wrote the story about two months ago of how Howard Carter took objects from the tomb. I did return 19 objects that Howard Carter gave to the Metropolitan Museum, and I brought them back to Cairo Museum. Also, many of the Tutankhamun artefacts were held in the museum at Tahrir Square, which, of course, was the centre of the revolution uh, over a decade ago. Were any of the artefacts damaged or lost at nothing, that time? Nothing, nothing, No artefact of Tutankhamun I brought back. We lost 54 objects. We, I brought Tutankhamun's artefacts back mean all Tutankhamun artifacts are actually in the Grand Museum. Many of them has been moved actually to the Grand Museum. We still have in the museum maybe about uh, 20 artifacts for tourists to see, such as the throne and the golden mask and the shrines and things like that. Dr. Zahi Awas, thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra and congratulations on your operatic achievements also. Yes, that was former Minister of State for Antiquities Affairs in Egypt and world-renowned archaeologist Dr. Zahi Hawass. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.